Section five of the Ingoldsby Legends First Series This Lieberbox recording is in the public domain. The Ingoldsby Legends First Series by Richard Harris Bowram Section five One marvel follows another as naturally as one shoulder of mutton is said to drive another down. A little Welsh girl who sometimes makes her way from the kitchen into the nursery after listening with intense interest to this tale, immediately started off at score with the sum and substance of what, in due reverence for such authority, I shall call Patty Morgan, the milkmaid's story, Look at the Clock. Fit one. Look at the clock, quoth Winifred Price, as she opened the door to her husband's knock, then paused to give him a piece of advice, you nasty warmint, look at the clock. Is this the way, you wretch, every day you treat her who vowed to love and obey you? Out all night, me in a fright, staggering home as it's just getting light? You intoxified brute, you insensible block, look at the clock, do, look at the clock. Winifred Price was tidy and clean, her gown was a flowered one, her petticoat green. Her buckles were bright as her milking cans, and her hat was a beaver, and made like a man's. Her little red eyes were deep-set in their socket-holes. Her gown-tail was turned up and tucked through the pocket-holes. A face like a ferret betokened her spirit. To conclude Mrs. Price was not over-young, had very short legs and a very long tongue. Now David Price had one darling vice, remarkably partial to anything nice. Naught that was good to him came amiss, whether to eat or to drink or to kiss. Especially ale, if it was not too stale, I really believe he'd have emptied a pail. Not that in Wales they talk of their ales, to pronounce the word they make use of might trouble you being spelt with a C, two R's, and a W. That particular day, as I've heard people say, Mr. David Price had been soaking his clay, and amusing himself with his pipe and cheroots, the whole afternoon at the Goat in Boots, with a couple of soakers, thoroughbred smokers, both like himself, prime singers and jokers, and long after day had drawn to a close, and the rest of the world was wrapped in repose, they were roaring out Schenken and our hiddy nose, while David himself to a Sassanic tune sang, We've drunk down the sun, boys, let's drink down the moon. What have we with day to do? Mrs. Winifred Price, twas made for you. At length, when they couldn't well drink any more, old goat in boots showed them the door and then came that knock and the sensible shock david felt when his wife cried look at the clock for the hands stood as crooked as crooked might be the long at the twelve and the short at the three that self-same clock had long been a bone of contention between this darby and joan and often among their pother and rout when this otherwise amiable couple fell out price would drop a cool hint with an ominous squint at its case of an uncle of his who'd a spout 
that horrid word spout no sooner came out than winifred price would turn her about and with scorn on her lip and a hand on each hip spout herself till her nose grew red at the tip you thundering willin i know you'd be killing your wife i a dozen of wives for a shilling you may do what you please you may sell my chemise mrs p was too well-bred to mention her stock but i never will part with my grandmother's clock mrs price's tongue ran long and ran fast but patience is apt to wear out at last and david price in temper was quick so he stretched out his hand and caught hold of a stick perhaps in its use he might mean to be lenient but walking just then wasn't very convenient so he threw it instead direct at her head it knocked off her hat down she fell flat her case perhaps was not much mended by that but whatever it was whether rage and pain produced apoplexy or burst a vein or her tumble induced a concussion of brain i can't say for certain but this i can when sobered by fright to assist her he ran mrs winifred price was as dead as queen anne the fearful catastrophe named in my last strophe as adding to grim death's exploits such a vast trophy made a great noise and the shocking fatality ran over like wildfire the whole principality and then came mr ap thomas the coroner with his jury to sit some dozen or more on her mr price to commence his ingenious defence made a powerful appeal to the jury's good sense the world he must defy ever to justify any presumption of malice prepense the unlucky lick from the end of his stick he deplored he was apt to be rather too quick but really her prating was so aggravating some trifling correction was just what he meant all the rest he assured them was quite accidental then he calls mr jones who depones to her tones and her gestures and hints about breaking his bones while mr ap morgan and mr ap reese declared the deceased had styled him a beast and swear they had witnessed with grief and surprise the allusion she made to his limbs and his eyes the jury in fine having sat on the body the whole day discussing the case and gintati returned about half-past eleven at night the following verdict we find sarve her right mr price mrs winifred price being dead felt lonely and moped and one evening he said he would marry miss davis at once in her stead not far from his dwelling from the vale proudly swelling rose a mountain its name you'll excuse me from telling for the vowels made use of in welsh are so few that the a and the e the i o and the u have really but little or nothing to do and the duty of course falls the heavier by far on the l and the h and the n and the r its first syllable pen is pronounceable then come two l's and two h's two f's and an n about half a score r's and some w's follow beating all my best efforts at euphony hollow but we shan't have to mention it often so when we do with your leave we'll curtail it to pen 
while the moon shone bright upon pen that night when price being quit of his fuss and his fright was scaling its side with that sort of stride a man puts out when walking in search of a bride mounting higher and higher he began to perspire till finding his legs were beginning to tire and feeling oppressed by a pain in his chest he paused and turned round to take breath and to rest a walk all uphill is apt we know to make one however robust puff and blow so he stopped and looked down on the valley below or fell and or fen over mountain and glen all bright in the moonshine his eye roved and then all the patriot rose in his soul and he thought upon wales and her glories and all he'd been taught of her heroes of old so brave and so bold of her bards with long beards and harps mounted in gold of king edward the first of memory accursed and the scandalous manner in which he behaved killing poets by dozens with their uncles and cousins of whom not one in fifty had ever been shaved of the court ball at which by a lucky mishap owen tudor fell into queen catherine's lap and how mr tudor successfully wooed her till the dowager put on a new wedding ring and so made him father-in-law to the king he thought upon arthur and merlin of yore on griffith ap conan and owen glendour on pendragon and heaven knows how many more he thought of all this as he gazed in a trice and on all things in short but the late mrs price when a lumbering noise from behind made him start and sent the blood back in full tide to his heart which went pit-a-pat and he cried out what's that that very queer sound does it come from the ground or the air from above or below or around it is not like talking it is not like walking it's not like the clattering of pot or of pan or the tramp of a horse or the tread of a man or the hum of a crowd or the shouting of boys it's really a deuced odd sort of a noise not unlike a cart's but that can't be for when could all the king's horses and all the king's men with old nick for a wagoner drive one up pen price usually brimful of valour when drunk now experienced what schoolboys denominate funk in vain he looked back on the whole of the track he had traversed a thick cloud uncommonly black at this moment obscured the broad disk of the moon and did not seem likely to pass away soon while clearer and clearer twas plain to the hearer be the noise what it might it drew nearer and nearer and sounded as price to this moment declares very much like a coffin a-walking upstairs mr price had begun to make up for a run as in such a companion he saw no great fun when a single bright ray shone out on the way he had passed and he saw with no little dismay coming after him bounding o'er crag and o'er rock the deceased mrs winifred's grandmother's clock twas so it had certainly moved from its place and come lumbering on thus to hold him in chase twas the very same head 
and the very same case and nothing was altered at all but the face in that he perceived with no little surprise the two little winder holes turned into eyes blazing with ire like two coals of fire and the name of the maker was changed to a lip and the hands to a nose with a very red tip no he could not mistake it twas she to the life the identical face of his poor defunct wife one glance was enough completely quant suff as the doctors write down when they send you their stuff like a weathercock whirled by a vehement puff david turned himself round ten feet of ground he cleared in his start at the very first bound i've seen people run at west end fair for cheeses i've seen ladies run at bow fair for chemises at greenwich fair twenty men run for a hat and one from a bailiff much faster than that at football i've seen lads run after the bladder i've seen irish bricklayers run up a ladder i've seen little boys run away from a cane and i've seen that is read of good running in spain but i never did read of or witness such speed as david exerted that evening indeed all i have ever heard of boys women or men falls far short of price as he ran over pen he reaches its brow he is past it and now having once gained the summit and managed to cross it he rolls down the side with uncommon velocity but run as he will or roll down the hill that bugbear behind him is after him still and close at his heels not at all to his liking the terrible clock keeps on ticking and striking till exhausted and sore he can't run any more but falls as he reaches miss davis door and screams when they rush out alarmed at his knock oh look at the clock do look at the clock miss davis looked up miss davis looked down she saw nothing there to alarm her a frown came o'er her white forehead she said it was horrid a man should come knocking at that time of night and give her mamma and herself such a fright to squall and to bawl about nothing at all she begged he'd not think of repeating his call his late wife's disaster by no means had passed her she'd have him to know she was meat for his master then regardless alike of his love and his woes she turned on her heel and she turned up her nose poor david in vain implored to remain he dared not he said cross the mountain again why the fair was obdurate none knows to be sure it was said she was setting her cap at the curate be that as it may it is certain the sole hole price found to creep into that night was the coal hole in that shady retreat with nothing to eat and with very bruised limbs and with very sore feet all night close he kept i can't say he slept but he sighed and he sobbed and he groaned and he wept lamenting his sins and his two broken shins bewailing his fate with contortions and grins and her he once thought a complete rara avis consigning to satan viz cruel miss davis 
Mr. David has since had a serious call. He never drinks ale, wine, or spirits at all. And they say he is going to Exeter Hall to make a grand speech and to preach and to teach people that they can't brew their malt liquor too small that an ancient welsh poet one pindar ap tudor was right in proclaiming ariston men udor which means the pure element is for man's bellyment and that gin's but a snare of old nick the deluder and still on each evening when pleasure fills up at the old goat in boots with metheglin each cup mr price if he's there will get into the chair and make all his quondam associates stare by calling aloud to the landlady's daughter patty bring a cigar and a glass of spring water the dial he constantly watches and when the long hands at the twelve and the short at the ten he gets on his legs drains his glass to the dregs takes his hat and great coat off their several pegs with his president's hammer bestows his last knock and says solemnly gentlemen look at the clock end of section five